Hello, and welcome to the Just In Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at JustInStridePod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Just In Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. Winning isn't everything, but it's certainly nice when it happens. For pro runners especially, it can make a huge difference in sponsorship contracts, annual income, and quality of life too. On today's episode of Justin Stride, we get into a winning mindset with elite marathoner CJ Albertson. Talking to CJ, one thing was clear. He loves to run, but he also loves to win. Most recently, he did just that at the California International Marathon in a stacked field. His competitive nature is something he's had from a young age, and he understands that to be the best, you need to beat the best. Something he hopes to do at the upcoming Olympic trials in Orlando next February. CJ, welcome to the Justin Stride podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I mean, big news for you, like big win in uh, California uh, this past weekend. Definitely want to talk to you about that. How are you feeling? Like, has has everything processed for you on the on the win that weekend? Yeah, things are feeling good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's always fun to to win a race, and that was my first real like big elite race that I've that I've won. Um, I've been second at some some races of that caliber before, but yeah, this is my first first win at that type of stage. So it was it was good, and and also just being in California, um, kind of in the Central Valley, close to home, <clears throat> um, was you know, kind of like a home race for me a little bit. So uh, that made it cool as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just a good day. And um, well, or it was an okay day, actually. I mean, the result was good. I didn't necessarily feel like I was like super fit or that the race was going super well. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I held it together well enough towards the end to, um, you know, to pick off people that, that weren't doing that well at the end. And then, you know, obviously I crossed the line first. So, uh, yeah, it was great and I'm happy about it. I'm feeling good afterwards and now, uh, turning attention to the trials. And how did the training go for you leading up to this race uh, in comparison to others? Were you, did you, were you feeling good in this training block? Were you like, did you anticipate this kind of result for yourself? How did, how was it different? If any. Yeah, my training was, um, it was, it was decent. I mean, I was running enough to do a marathon. Um, the fall, especially towards the end of fall is always, uh, pretty busy for me just because, um, um, I'm teaching and coaching and, and the end of our cross country season, uh, for, for community colleges, you know, it's always a, li- a little bit busier and, and we host a state meet, which is at the end of November. And, um, just like postseason stuff, like with that is, um, 
it's just a little bit busier and we had our second kid in the in the fall um in mid-september so um and i knew like the olympic trials is like the big thing that i'm building up for in in february 3rd so um yeah i mean i, I want to be kind of like mentally and, and physically fresh for that um and but obviously like you know you, you have to be like training and, and and fit um to a certain degree um you know before that so then when you get into your serious block like you're 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 not starting too far and back so so my training was kind of just like balancing um my work and kind of family life um staying fit enough uh to be like pretty close to like okay now i can get into peak fitness but but also not kind of like in that stage where you're just like grinding everything out because that it just takes a mental toll on you and you can only do it for so long so yeah, I kind of just stayed in that zone where I, I stayed fit enough, but I wasn't really pushing through anything in training. I wasn't, you know, grinding out mileage on days that I just was busy and tired and it just, you know, was going to be tough. So, um, so yeah, like it, I wasn't in peak fitness, but I also wasn't intending to be on peak fitness because I want to be, um, I want to be at my best in, you know, in February. And, um, yeah, I feel, <clears throat> I feel fairly, you know, mentally fresh, like, a lot of times after you finish a marathon, if you've been just, you know, grinding for like four or five months or whatever in a build up, you're you're like ready to be done. But I I feel like I've been uh mentally pretty fresh. Like I haven't really done that yet. So I'm ready to um to kind of get into that hard training. Obviously my legs are a little bit sore from the race, but not too bad. So like yesterday and today and probably tomorrow will be easier, you know, days pretty light, just kind of running but but then uh, i'll be back into pretty much full training for the trials and i'm i'm <clears throat> excited to get into it <laughs> yeah totally and i mean you say that you say that lightly like light running and stuff like that but i know your training's pretty pretty rig rigorous and um anybody looking at your your times is just like maybe unconventional the way the way you train and the speeds that you train at and uh it's amazing you're able to be so consistent with that too um and i think also it resonates with people to know that like you know you're a pro runner but also you have life can get in the way for you too um like it can for any amateur running um like myself and that we got to be like careful to not really let the, let it get into our heads and and it, you know it sounds like you were able to balance that even with some changes in your life yeah i mean i think like Obviously, there's times when like you you want to really go after a goal or you know try to get something and and um, be at your absolute best. But for for most people that are that are working and just have like you know a, a, a normal life, like you that those times and opportunities are going to be like small moments. So for a lot of it, um, you know, for maybe the majority of your training or majority of your year, you're just you're you can stay like really close to your peak fitness with not 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 necessarily I was gonna say without doing a lot because you are still doing a lot but I think you can yeah you can find ways to stay pretty close to your peak fitness without really getting into that like grind grind mode where it's really hard and and people's jobs and, and life's like kind of um are different so they some lend themselves a little bit more running some don't and so for some people it's like you know if you can't if you don't if you literally don't have even an hour a day to to run then you know it's going to be different you're not going to be able to to stay close to your peak level but for a lot of people i feel like they they can and um and you can still race well 
you know, even if it's not like, oh, this is like my goal race. I've put kind of all my eggs in this basket, done all this training. Like, you know, I'm in the shape of my life. It's like you can, even if you're just kind of at like your, your maintenance training, what I'd call kind of this fall is just kind of like maintaining until I really get after it. Um, you can still have good races there. And I think it's important to still race in those moments where maybe you don't think you're at your peak fitness, but it's like, you might even PR in those races. I mean, you probably shouldn't expect to, but, um, but you, you, you can't, I mean, you can still race well. And there's always the, the practice and art and learning of, of racing, um, that you can always get better, better at, um, no matter what fitness you're in. I mean, you have to have like a baseline level of fitness to really run a marathon or, or really race a marathon. But, you know, if you're at least within that, that window, um, then yeah, you can practice racing and, and practice all the, you know, the, the mental, emotional management of it, your, your kind of preparation on race, your execution, um, all the things that like, you know, you're going to have to do in your, your PR or your best marathon, like you can still practice that. So, um, yeah, I think what a lot of times happens is people kind of get discouraged because they're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to put 100% into my training. Like, I'm not going to be able to have like a PR training block. And so then they just kind of like do nothing or do very little or it's like super sporadic. Um, and it's like, well, then then you get pretty then you can get pretty far off from your PR fitness and it's really hard to get back. Um, so just like accept those moments or accept those times where it's like, all right, I'm just life is not set up for me to really dump everything into training, but this is what I can do. And I can, you know, maybe I can probably stay somewhat close to that, to that PR mode. And then when I do finally get that opportunity or that little break at work or whatever, where I can put a little bit more time in, I'm, you know, maybe I only need eight weeks and, or six weeks and I can like, you know, get that little extra that I need to get back to that PR, uh, PR shape. And with the, you know, with the new kid coming as well, like your, your father now, last time we spoke, I don't think you were, um, I don't think you had one kid back then. And like, what were, what are some like main adjustments that you've had to make as a, as a new dad? And, um, you know, that's a big commitment, big time commitment too. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I train like since I train at home or, you know, like I don't, uh, like other professional runners may, you know, go to training camps or be living at altitude, maybe where their where their home base isn't. Um, but since I train where I live, um, it's a little bit easier because it just it kind of just all gets worked into to daily life. Um, I mean, I like there's you know there's some like energy aspects because like you know especially like my two-year-old now he's pretty high energy uh and so when you're heavily training you it's it's tiring <laughs> so um just you know interacting with him or, or doing all the things that he's doing um you know like sometimes at night like i'm just i am tired and just want to lay on the couch and he wants to sprint around the house and wrestle and have me throw him from every <laughs> position that I can <laughs> uh, and so it's just yeah it's just kind of um it's just kind of balancing it I don't think it's actually affected my training too much or as much as um maybe like you anticipate it will because I think you just like kind of naturally make the adjustments that you need to um and it and it ends up you know it ends up working out um, mm -hmm. So, and is it is it like shifting, uh, you know, workouts, or is it like you have to be more flexible? Do you find, or are you able to hit, you know, what you need to, or like do you have to shift things around at times? 
Um, potentially, but I've always been pretty flexible. So, um, I think like, I think if, if I had had like a super rigid structure before, then maybe yes. But, um, but since, you know, I, I, I started my kind of coaching and teaching profession before I actually started running marathons professionally. So I, I was, it was, my life kind of was already like that, where it's like, I was just being flexible. And like, when I had a good chunk of time or like a good chunk of energy or when my legs felt good, like that's when I would do workouts. Um, and obviously when I, when I didn't or didn't have time, then I would shift things. So I, it's, yeah, my training from like day one of, of marathoning has been pretty flexible and just doing workouts when I feel good, have the energy, have the time. Um, and so that just kind of naturally transitioned into kids who it was just one more, one more piece of the puzzle, but I didn't have to really shift any philosophies or anything. Mm -hmm. And how's the coaching going for you at the, at the school? How did the season kind of close up for you? And, um, are you enjoying that? Like, yeah, it went, uh, yeah, it went well. Our, we, um, both our men's and women's teams won, um, our conference championships and then our, our regional championships. So in California community colleges, we have like the, we just have two regions, the Southern region and the Northern region. So it was a, you know, pretty big deal for us to win both the men and the women to win the, um, yeah, to win the region. Our women had won, uh, the previous year. Um, and our, our guys had, had never been like top three. So for them to win was, uh, was, was pretty great. It was, you know, definitely the best performance that we've had. Um, this is, this was our, this was our pro, like our school's fifth cross country season in, in history. So, um, we're, you know, making good strides. And then at, uh, our state championships, which is like our, our culminating event, um, cause California is its own association for community colleges. Um, but at our state championship, our women were third. So we got on the podium for the first time. Um, we've been fourth the previous two years. So it was nice to like finally get into that top three and, uh, you know, the girls had a really good race and overall, yeah, it was just a good, good season on, on both sides. And, um, lots of, lots of, individual improvements and PRs and then obviously, you know, team success as well. So it was, yeah, it was fun and the program's moving in a good direction. Cool. And what do you, what do you think you, you can contribute to that? Like, what do you think is your biggest asset being a coach for younger athletes and like showing them, like showing them a, a good example and like, are they aware of, you know, how strong of a marathoner you are and like up to speed on all your stuff too? Um, yeah, for the most part, I, I mean, they, they know that I run and, and, you know, do marathons. Um, and you know, we, I, there's like the internet now and social media. So like, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you see it, uh, I guess even whether you want to or not, but, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's just a combination of, of things. I mean, we have a, a pretty good, uh, um, high school system and like running community, like in the, in the area where we live. Um, and, I think partly because of like my running success and then partly since the school's newer and just, just the whole situation, um, kind of, there's a little bit more, more, uh, student athletes in the area that, um, will now go the community college route and, and run. Um, whereas maybe it was like, they were either going to run at NCAA school or NAIA school or just kind of be done running. Um, but I think we've kind of created enough excitement and the, uh, team seems fun enough and, um, I seem decent enough as a coach for them to, to, want to keep running, uh, after high school, if they aren't, you know, able to get a, a NCAA opportunity right off the bat. So, um, so yeah, I think just, a, I mean, 
a big part of it is just we have talented athletes in the area um and you know we've created a an a environment where they where they want to continue that um and so you know even yeah even if my my training wasn't super great we have enough talent that we'd probably be pretty good um but yeah and then after that just just kind of just like learning how people think and um the mental aspect of running and and managing emotions and balancing it with the with the rest of their lives um i think it's something that me and and our uh, um assistant coaches have done really well and um you know one of our assistant coaches like she'll lead a lot of um like mental skills training and and different psychological aspects of running and um you know and even even managing stress and just like all these different things um both like directly related to running and then even like a little bit outside of running just like managing your life and so i think that's been that's been really helpful um and yeah i mean um i think i would like to think that a little bit of my success or just like competitiveness or you know something like plays a little bit of a of a role and just you know having them um being competitive and and wanting to achieve you know really high things as well so it's a yeah it's just kind of all of it coming together and then everyone working together to you know to achieve achieve our goals and and it's it's fun to win so i think mm-hmm. yeah as you as you felt this weekend um and it's amazing the kind of resources the kids have now in sports compared to maybe when we were growing up um like it's it's amazing some of the programs and you know the how to balance things outside of school outside of sport and the the mental skills that they also have you know um so that's really great what you're doing there like how how was the mental game in in the race uh if, if we can go back to to cim like was uh was it like struggling was it a struggle for you like what was the what was the toughest part? I love that course, like at CIM. Like I, we got to race it a few years ago. It sets up really well. A lot of guys firing for that, the OTQ, and um, it's got to have like it's got this energy about it on that weekend, even though the race isn't like maybe as big as some other ones. Yeah, um, I think for the most part, I mean the the first part of the race, I was you know pretty relaxed, which was my intentions um and then around like miles you know nine to twelve ish um there's like a it's a pretty good chunk of hills um i mean it's kind of rolling all throughout but like nine through twelve is like when like the bigger rolling hills are um and the the leader at the time or we were kind of in a pack but the guy kind of controlling the race or controlling the pace christian allen he he was running you know pretty well through the hills um like are the the races that had the most challenging hills, those miles were pretty much just as fast as any of the other miles, except for the ones that were like purely downhill. Um, so yeah, he was, he was pushing through those and, um, I was struggling a little bit. I mean, mentally, I think I was fine, but, um, after towards the tail end of the hills, like I think around mile 12 is one of like the last kind of big long hills. Um, I was got dropped a little bit there. Um, and I fell off by about like 10 seconds by, by the 13.1 mark. Um, but I was still running like 455s. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't really slowing down too much. They were just, they ran quick through that section. Um, yeah. And then it was just, you know, it got hard at like a certain point. 
kind of that whole stretch where you're running by yourself, you know, when you're like 15, 16 miles into the race or even 20 miles into the race and you're running by yourself at that point, it's, it's always challenging and you don't, you, you don't feel good and you're tired and your brain's like kind of wanting you to slow down um, or almost wanting you to think that like you're out of it. Cause like then if, once you stop believing that you can win, it kind of gives you permission to slow down <laughs> sometimes. Um, so that's, that's where my brain was kind of going, but I'm like, no, just like keep, you know, just trying to like stay on it and like stay engaged with the race. And, uh, even though, you know, even through like 17, 18 miles, they weren't really slowing down, but I'm like, you know, they could at any moment. So, um, yeah, I was just trying to stay as consistent as possible. And I did slow down. Um, you know, I, I, went from like 455s to like about 505 at some point. Um, but then once I caught the leaders, I was, you know, able to pick it up a little bit. And once you get in the lead, you feel better. <laughs> yeah. You prefer to be in the lead or, or be chasing the pack? Uh, well, I mean, when you're, when you're getting close to the end, I think you prefer to be in the lead. I mean, it's nice to be, to be sitting and watching, you know, early on, but, um, but yeah, when, when you, I had been chasing people for like, 12 miles and then when you get into the lead it's like okay like now i can't slow down like i have i can't i can't lose the lead once i get it so mm -hmm. um yeah it kind of forces you to to stay on pace and finish yeah a little bit a little bit of a different strategy than than your boston uh strategies in the past i guess those are those are super I mean, they've been so fun to watch and exciting to watch you in Boston, like take the lead early and just like rip down the course as far as you can, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's just so exciting. And having spoken to you in the past, I was just like rooting for you and, you know, those past races too. And um, still great results, just like totally different strategy than what, what you might expect, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, a little bit of it, was like I knew I wasn't in like you know phenomenal shape, so I couldn't just go like totally rip the first half. Um, just you know because I I just it just wasn't I wasn't fit enough to do that. Um, and then I mean we still ran pretty quick. Like I came uh, again I was dropped about 10, 11 seconds, and I came there like sixty four fifty. So it wasn't I mean we're still running you know pretty pretty quick. Like it wasn't like I was just like hanging back running conservatively. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was running up just as fast. I mean, my second half was still slower. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And can you speak a little bit to like the camaraderie that happens in these, in this, like maybe this race particular with the OTQ and like how so many guys are gunning for it. And, you know, it's, it's bringing a lot of big talent to, to that race in particular to, to kind of get that qualifying time. And it's, it's um, something so many runners have tried are trying to achieve and, I think it's it's a really cool for the sport. You hear about it from other runners who have attempted it or or done it in the past. But just curious from someone in the race, like what does that look like, and what are the kind of the you know the play by plays in within the race? Do you do you do you hear that a little bit in your ear? Do you do you see it? You know, are you helping guys? Um, for me personally, no. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of almost like two separate races. Um, so whenever I've been at CIM, I'm basically just, I'm trying to win. Um, and so not, not that like you don't have camaraderie with the other runners, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not working with anybody. I'm not like really trying to help anyone out. I'm just trying to yeah. win. Um, and like, you know, from the get go, you know, we're, we're going out at like five, four fifty five to five flat pace. And they're, you know, trying to run like five sixteens or, or whatever the pace was. Um, 
So you're aware of it. And like, you know, throughout the weekend, you know, there's obviously there's lots of people there. And um, when you're kind of in like the kind of elite warm up area, um, you know that like, I mean, you kind of like most of the runners are, are there trying to hit that OTQ mark. And um, there is like a lot of a lot of energy and it, it is really fun. Um, but also, I've never directly been a part of that, like in the race you know, as soon as the guns go off, like we're separated and I don't really know what's going back on. I'm not running in that pack of like a hundred guys. Um, you know, we usually have a pack of like four or five up front, but it, you know, it's totally different when there's like a hundred people all with the same goal running all together. Um, which is really cool. I mean, I've, I've, I haven't been a part of it. Um, which I mean, in a way is like fortunate, but you know, maybe one day when I'm like, 46 i'll be in that pack trying to make my legs <laughs> trials or something but yeah. um yeah no i mean it, it's cool i think that they, it makes the event really great um just because you have so many people and you have uh so much so much energy and it's it's um it's fun and then um but yeah i mean i just can't speak too much directly on it because it, it is kind of a little bit of a different race yeah just a little bit ahead of that pack it you know because guys are rolling in, you know, 217, 218, you know, 218 is the marker, right? But you're rolling in at 211, 210, on, you know, on a good day. And, like, where where do you find, where do you feel for yourself, like, was the biggest improvement in your in your marathon running? Like, and where do you think you can take it? Because you kind of, you're running, like, in a 210, 211 range right now. Um, you think there's another gear that you can find? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, like, you know, around like 211 is kind of like 210, 211 is kind of like my, my baseline. Like, again, when I'm just kind of in this, like almost like maintenance mode of training, it's like, I, I can run, you know, 210 high, 211 low, like just kind of any day. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the potential is just, is just having, you know, a real, like a good training block, um, obviously like getting, you know, the consistent miles in, but then just, just hitting the speed workouts really well and, and having, you know, having like eight to 10 weeks where I'm getting in, you know, two solid, uh, speed workouts a week and, um, just really getting comfortable, you know, under 440 pace and, and speed workouts. Um, and I think, you know, I think then I can make the jump to, to be running like 208s or, or, or faster. Um, so yeah, hopefully my buildup for the trials will, will be that. Um, and, and I think in past races, like maybe in like a Boston race, um, you know, I was maybe in shape to, to run like uh, something around like a 208 if, if I had been running on a flat course and uh, had paced somewhat evenly. Um, you know, like if I'd ran like similar to how the CIM race went yesterday, if I had like you know, my, my, my Boston fitness and ran the same race going out in 6450, I probably could have, well, or even like 6430 probably could have closed keeping that pace. Um, but when you go out in like 6219, you, you know, um, <laughs> there's a good chance you're going to slow down a lot, which is what, what happened. So, um, yeah, so I don't necessarily think like my training, I don't necessarily think I need to make huge jumps because I've probably been capable of running faster than, you know 210 before i just haven't uh haven't done it haven't executed it on race day or haven't been in the the right situation um to do it um and so yeah it's 
like again for the Olympic trials, like could be like seventy five degrees and really humid, so mm-hmm. I could be in like two oh eight shape and still run two ten again. But mm-hmm. but there there at that race, you need to come like top three to make that team, right? Like yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of a different, you're racing the pack. So everyone's kind of temperature. You can kind of say <clears throat> that's, that's always a factor, but everyone's facing the same thing. And, you know, we're, we're going to race this thing and, and see who comes out of it on top kind of um, a little bit different. But when you mentioned, like, when you talk about fitness, it's interesting, like, cause you're doing like a lot of mileage and you're, you're doing your speed work and everything. So how do you know when you're fit? from block to block how do you know where your fitness is at is it a workout that tells you that is it just like a general feeling how your body's feeling uh what's your indicator for for how how you think you you can race like when you talk about 208 shape or 210 shape or or more yeah i mean it's it's not super complicated i think you didn't know like when you're running uh you know when i'm when i'm doing long runs you know probably like at least 23 to 24 miles are over and I can average under 505 pace um, and and close those pretty hard, you know, like close like in like the 440s or something, basically running almost a marathon distance or, or even over. Um, and then also do also do workouts where I can run, you know, let's say like uh, six to eight mile repeats in the four thirties, like pretty comfortably, like without like really digging down, like I can just run four thirty fives, and it's like, okay, this is, this is smooth. I feel good. I feel, I feel comfortable when I can kind of do both of those. Um, cause like there's sometimes where I can do like, okay, like my, my speed feels decent. Like I can do like 400 reps pretty comfortably, but I haven't done much stuff over 20 miles or, or it's the other end. Like I've done like, you know, a 50 K but I've barely touched under 440 pace. So it's like, and both of those, it's like, yeah, well, I'm kind of fit in one area, but eh, am I really fit enough to run 452 to 455 pace for 26 miles? Probably not. So you kind of need both like to do, um, I know I'm fit when I'm running, like, you know, I can basically run a marathon pretty casually around five flat to 505 pace. And then I can do speed, I can do speed, you know, well under 440 pace somewhat comfortably. And then it's like, okay, I'm, you know, that four mid 450 range, I should be able to handle for a marathon. Okay. Um, but which I think like for Boston, I've been in that type of fitness before. Um, but, you know, we'd run like the first five miles under 440 pace and <laughs> which I, you know, was not in, I wasn't in that type of shape for. So, and eventually your legs blow up but yeah again like super cool to watch you out there like doing that you know taking the lead like that and you know how how do you make sure your body's ready for this kind of volume and build and is it just like over time you've been able to build up this kind of fitness because i know once i adding mileage and when you're doing harder stuff like body starts to feel different things and maybe some soreness for myself lower back hips kind of thing so what what are some other things you're doing to make sure your body can with withhold or withstand that kind of um, that kind of grind? Uh, yeah, the mileage and the longer runs have um, I don't know. I've always just been 
able to handle it. I'm I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I mean, partly genetics, just also just playing a lot of sports in my youth and and lifting and just being a general athlete. I, I feel like I had the uh, ability to handle a lot of things, uh, like physically. Because um, I, I mean, even in like college, like my my last two years when the season was over. Um, one year I went out and ran 30 miles at right around six flat pace. And then the next year I ran 32 miles right around six flat pace, um, with, with no gel, like with nothing. I didn't have any water didn't have any gels. It was just in the middle of Arizona. Um, and I just like did that. Like, I don't, I don't know why looking back, I just, just went out and ran. Um, and I mean, obviously I was, I was sore from that, but like, you know, it didn't like crush me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my body just handles that. And then with, with the speed work sometimes, um, it's not necessarily like my physical body. Like, I mean, I'll be sore, but it's never like, it's usually just overall, um, energy levels and fatigue and like your nervous system is tired. And like, like my legs will feel fine, but then it's like, man, I'm running like, trying to run like 455s for like a, a mile repeat or two mile repeats and it just feels like I'm just not going like I'm like I can feels like I'm not going anywhere um and like you know I can run like the other day I could run like under 450 pace at the end of like a 25 miler and now I'm like just struggling just to run fresh like a 450 like so like you're yeah you're it's not necessarily the volume it's just like sometimes like your legs are there and sometimes they're they're not, and it's, I think, more just overall body, nervous system, hormones, all that. It's hard to really quantify because you don't always, you don't always, like, you don't feel it like you feel soreness. Um, and sometimes when you are a little bit more stressed um, or, I don't know, like, your, your hormones are in a certain way, like, maybe your cortisol levels are a little higher, you may actually feel alert. So, like, you may feel, you may feel this, like, false mental energy of, like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, I'm ready to work out today. But then it's like, you're, you're really not like you go to run and like after a couple of reps, you're just like, what, the, like my legs just aren't there. And and that's, um, those are the times you like, you really want to kind of shut it down and avoid. Cause like when you're, you're kind of mentally alert, but you're just running really bad. Like you're probably, your stress levels are probably pretty high. Cortisol levels are probably pretty high. So it is like getting your brain to go but you're, you're really, you're, you're physically actually pretty fatigued, even if you don't feel soreness. And I feel like that's like, like, you know, when people drink, like when people have like coffee, it's like when, like they're exhausted, they have some coffee. Okay. I feel okay. It's like, well, yeah, you, you've, you, your mind feels okay in the moment, but like, you're still physically tired. Like you're still like nothing about your whole, you know, body, your homeostasis, nothing changed. You just kind of, artificially enhance your mood a little bit which sometimes you need to do like if you know just for the regular world like if you just need to get some emails done it's like yeah that's fine but um <laughs> but for for the long term for running that that doesn't work like you can't false fake your way through it or you you can for a couple workouts and then it's like your body's just kind of done so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know if that really like answered the question because you may be looking for like recovery things or something, but it's just more just being aware of, of what that is so that, you know, even though on paper, sometimes some of my work, some of my long runs look kind of crazy and it looks like I just go hard all the time. I really don't. Um, 
like I do have those big runs, but it's like when I'm like ready for them and like ready to do them. But on the days where it's like, I know I'm just like not right. Like I don't, I usually don't try to, or at least anymore. I usually don't try to like false get myself there to do it and push through when it's just like my body's not physically there to do that workout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, you really dig that hole and get in those little, like, you know, like some people have had those moments. It was like, it's been like three weeks and I just, I haven't had a good workout. I was like, well, that's probably because you pushed when, you know, you push through something where it's like, if you just accept that one or two days of kind of low and just be like, all right, whatever. It's just not feeling it today. You know, you'll, you'll recover. Like you'll bounce back a few days later, but people don't, you know, you'll, whatever the the workout says, I got to work out on Tuesday. So I'm doing the workout. I'm hitting my times and you might do it, but like, you're gonna, you know, that's when you can dig that hole of like, man, I'm just, I can't do it. It's been like weeks. I never feel good. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where like people feel like they're going to lose fitness or they feel like they're not going to hit, you know, achieve their goal because their coach is writing a plan for them that says states this, 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 and this, and that's the plan to achieve X goal, you know? And I think that's like the flexibility you were talking about earlier comes into play that, you know, if, if you tell your coach, listen, I'm not feeling it. Can we move this? Like chances are they're going to say yes, you know? Um, but it's the pressure can we can, can put on ourselves through training and like, they don't, people don't want to lose fitness. You know, maybe some people that aren't as in tune with their body as you are, let's say, um, because you're doing it for so long and you have so much experience. Um, so I think that's important. Uh, yeah, my question was more kind of asking about, you know, are you doing any strength training? How do you, how do you look at nutrition and rest and sleep and all these kind of things? Um, yeah, I'll do some strength training. It's not always super consistent. Um, but typically like early on in blocks, I'll, I'll I'll be lifting more and, and things like deadlifts and, and split squats. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's never been like super structured or super consistent. I kind of just lift enough to feel like I have some strength and, and durability. <laughs> um, and yeah, nutrition is not necessarily like super structured either. Um, just you know, kind of having like all around like kind of multivitamins or supplements to make sure like I'm not like deficient in anything. Um, but like, I, yeah, there's not like a super detailed kind of like nutrition plan um i mean a lot of it like i've like researched a lot of things like throughout my whole life so now it's kind of just like i don't it's it's not super structured but i also have a lot of like knowledge on it so like it's it's there in the background so like some things i think i automatically do uh that i I can't really quantify because i'm not really thinking about it like i might just you know, I might like eat certain foods or, or have like a, like, I don't know, a certain, even like supplement or, or something or, um, or be doing like, not necessarily like, I might not be doing like a, like a strength workout, but maybe I'm doing some little movements to like, uh, like improve how a certain muscle is firing or like taking through something, taking through taking some joint through like a range of motion where like it, it felt like it was stuck. And like, I just like through the day, throughout the day, I'm just like kind of like feeling with my body when it's kind of off. But like now I kind of do it subconsciously. Um, 
like maybe I look like fidgety or something, but like I'm just like doing things I'm not really even realizing it anymore. Like, um, yeah, like maybe I'm like practicing like my ankle supination and pronation just like when I'm standing talking to someone, but like I'm not even like th- so like it's hard to it's hard to really quantify. Like I, I get like, it. I'm doing a lot of things now, but it's become just like a part of my life that I don't really. I don't know. Like it's I just. Yeah, like I couldn't even really tell you what I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's like you do stuff. I do the same thing. Like when I'm brushing my teeth, like I'll, I don't know, I'll do a squats or something. Like I'll try and get it in like at random times in the day or like calf raises or I don't know, just random, random things at random times. So like, because I find it hard to just fo- like focus on that one moment a day and, and do it. So like whenever you're feeling something, just try and work on it when you can you know kind of thing yeah i don't know if that kind of makes sense so are you, are you a coffee drinker or no because you, you made a comment there about the coffee um well I w- it was more just like it was more just saying like if you're yeah if you're really tired like i mean co- like it, coffee's kind of like a false thing so i i uh, i'm not a huge coffee drink i don't really drink coffee that often um mainly when i do workouts or races i'll just like have a caffeine pill because it's it's easier mm-hmm. and it's more consistent and there's just less chances for any adverse effects or digestive issues um but yeah i mean i'll have coffee sometimes and but it's more just kind of like i don't know it's casual and right. i'm not like i don't know good coffees or bad coffees. like my whole most of my family like on my wife's side like they're all in the coffee like they roast their coffee and they've got it all <laughs> measured and i'm i mean i think i think it tastes good but i can't really tell much of a difference between that and starbucks or anything else i don't know yeah right yeah cool um yeah it's just one of these things like people do to like you said enhance their their mood and you know it is what it is what what draws you to the marathon distance like what do you love so much about endurance sports and and running these these distances marathon specific i know you have a you know a record for the 50k as well you know what draws you to that probably mostly that i'm good at it (laughs) i think that's a that makes everything a little bit more fun um and and draws you to it when you're when you're good at it because it yeah it's just more enjoyable when you're succeeding at things um and then yeah i don't know i just like i like to be out there running i guess i don't know it's it's kind of like relaxing in a way um like the marathon race for me is like relaxing um i mean it's also really hard at times but i don't know i just like i kind of i enjoy that um i mean some of the training isn't like you do have to spend a lot of time so it's not always fun like i don't always just enjoy running like oh another 11 mile run today like i don't it's not really that fun but um, but I do just really like the races. Um, I don't know, like marathons, like there's like track is cool. Um, and there's like a lot of like energy and intensity, but like a, like a big city marathon is just like, it's just, I don't know. It's great. Like there's just so much going on, but like all focused on like one thing. Um, and you're just out there running and it's just like, it's just really fun. And like the whole, I mean, it's like a whole weekend event. Um, so yeah, they're just really fun to to be a part of, um, and to race. Um, 
and again like I'm I'm good at it so it's it's like I want to I want to see like what I can do in it um but yeah I don't know it's just so you just sometimes like you don't really really need concrete reasons like you just really like things and other things you don't and just is what it is <laughs> yeah we'll do what you love right I mean it comes yeah. down to that and it's it's amazing that you have that passion for it and that you can put so much energy into it and and really give it your all um on race day and your results are showing you know you're really consistent and everything so um that's amazing like looking back do you ever think like and and looking at where you are now could you have ever predicted that this is where you'd be um i never well i always i always felt like i'd be really good at running in some way um even when i wasn't super good at it or I mean I was never bad at it but like even when I wasn't like at a level where it's like oh I could probably be professional and in the back of my mind there was always like something that was like okay you're gonna be really good I never really at the in college I never really thought about the marathon though um even though I would do like pretty good long runs and and do those random really long runs like by myself I don't know for whatever reason I just never really thought about doing the marathon or like pictured myself doing the marathon. Um, yeah, I don't, I really don't know why looking back, it, it, I probably should have thought about it, but um, yeah. And then I don't know, after college, just about a year after I just, I just randomly wanted to do one and then I was good at it. But um, so yeah, I, I guess to answer the question that yes and no, I thought I would be a good runner. Um, but I never really specifically thought about the marathon. Mm -hmm. And as being a pro, like everything you thought it would be? I never really thought about being a pro. Um, even when, even when I had thoughts of like, I don't know what this feeling is, but I, I feel like I'm going to be a really great runner. Like I never really thought about, Oh, I'll be a professional runner. Um, I, I knew there were professional runners, but like I, didn't really know what that looked like. Like you don't see it on like Sports Center, like CT. Like you don't. You, um, I guess there were running teams like when I was in high school, but like I don't. It wasn't like today where like you know you have like like the Brooks Beasts and like the Bowerman and like all like you know they all have social medias and you see Tin Man, you see what they're all doing and all their teams and all this stuff. Like we didn't really have that. Um, definitely in high school, like I don't. So I. I never even thought about what a professional runner meant or what it looked like. Uh, so yeah, I have no frame of reference. It just is what it is. So yeah, I mean, I don't feel like expectations were met or were unmet. It's just, I'm just doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And what, and for those that don't know, like what does it mean to be a professional runner to you? Like, what is it, what does it look like compared to just not being one? You know, <laughs> yeah, there's no clear <laughs> definition uh, and people will argue about, oh, this guy's a professional or this guy's not a professional or this woman. Yeah, um, there's no really definition. I mean, I think for me, it's like if you're you're making a, a somewhat consistent salary um, or, or consistent winnings, like you know, significant amount of money, then it's you're you could say you're a professional. Um, but I don't I mean. I don't really have, I'm not the like person that defines what a professional runner is and I don't really care. Uh, for me, it's just, I mean, I, I have, I do have like another full-time job. So, you know, you could say I'm not a professional because this isn't like running is not my sole thing that I do and devote all my time to. 
um, even though like my my job, my other job involves running, so kind of works out. But uh, it's yeah, I don't know. I mean, my more definition is like what what separates me from being just a person that works and also runs is um, I make pretty good amount of money doing it. So therefore, we can say it's profession. It's a profession, right? Yeah. And the winning helps, right? The, the, the W's help. And the, you know, yeah. top finishes and big, big races too. So, and I mean, all, all the power to you. Like, it's not easy to be a pro runner or, or make a living just running. That's, that's clear. And I think there's like, there's someone just sent me an article on, you know, the thing about like run influencers versus like professional runners now and like how much money they, they make compared to the, the ones that are actually getting these big results. It's, it's staggering, you know, um, but it's part of it, like the social media and, and all that, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? Or like, I know you, you post some stuff on social, but you know, maybe not as, as much as most or. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different. There's, um, it's, it's different, different things. Like, so, you know, a run influencer isn't, uh, they're not winning prize money at CIM or the Boston Marathon. So like, um, you know, if you're good enough to win prize money, like that is standard. It, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to have, like, there's no prerequisite to like, in order to accept this prize money, you have to have an Instagram account like that, you know, so <laughs> like, it's, I it's like, I, I mean, it's completely fair. If you are fast enough and you win, you win that a lot of prize money. Now, when it comes to like sponsorships, you know, and in a in a in a brand is paying you or someone's paying you to to advertise or represent them or whatever um i mean i don't think there's any stipulations on on that or really how it should be it's um it, it's whatever the 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 brand or or consumers i guess find find value in and so um i mean that's ultimately what it what it is and it's really it's hard to you know, it's hard to quantify that always. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even, you know, even brands and even marketing, uh, the people that work in the marketing for different companies, it's like, I don't know. I mean, they have, you try to use different metrics and I think so- in social media, you can manage, you can, um, quantify metrics a little bit easier. Um, but then it's hard to compare those to like, okay, let's say, you know, you have an, uh, an elite athlete running in your products, running in your shoes. Um, how does that translate to sales? It, it's really difficult to measure that. And so it's, you know, so whereas like s- social media, you can kind of, I mean, it's a little bit easier to, to measure because you can see like, okay, these, it's essentially your marketing dollars, your advertising dollars. You can see how many people it reached, how many interactions you got from that, how many maybe clicks to a website you got. And so then when you're, when you're, uh, paying one influencer over another you have metrics to justify that a little bit more mm-hmm. um so in some ways it's it's a it's it's more of a you know what you're you almost know what you're getting whereas when you're sponsoring an athlete maybe you don't necessarily know the return on investment um i mean you never fully know the return on investment on any advertisement as much as we try to like calculate it and i'm not in marketing so i don't know all the algorithms they use to, <laughs> to really yeah. determine it because i think it's there's some accuracy, but it's also at the end of the day, you're partly guessing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, long story short, I don't have a problem with it um, because it's still structured to where like you have, now if, if all prize money went away, you know, it'd be, 
it'd be a little bit more difficult and harder or like all appearance fees and um mm-hmm. but but yeah there's other like sponsorships are really big and like you know professional runners need them um but also there are other ways like you make money on appearance fees on actually winning races in performance and winning money in the races so um yeah it's just i think if you want to if you really want to rely on having a consistent salary even when you're not getting those appearance fees or winning races then you know that you probably do have to have like some other marketing piece that is consistent so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it could be a combination of two things it depends like what other sources of income you have to and, and all that so um cj what are you what are you hoping to accomplish um in the sport now like how would you define a successful career for yourself is it making the olympic team is it you know, a certain time that you're after, like, you, I know you love to run, you know, but what's the, what do you, what, what, where's the fire coming from? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to make an Olympic team. I'd like to place, you know, pretty hot, like ideally top three at a world marathon major. Um, but I think I'd probably be pretty satisfied with top five in like a legit, like good one. Um, yeah, sometimes there's years where like you could get into, you know, some like a, a world marathon major that whether it wasn't a super deep field, some guys drop out and, you know, you get fifth and it's like you really didn't run that good. Though. I mean, you always have to run good, but <laughs> not like, like, whoa, that was amazing. Like, I want to be in like legit, like, like this past year's Boston field was pretty legit. And like, you know, being top five and something like that would be like, oh, that was, you know, I did really good. Um so like yeah, I don't have like direct times. I think like when you when you you know like when you had a performance, I was like that was that was good. Like that was special. Like you know, like it could it can look different ways. And so yeah, I don't have anything specific. I mean, obviously making the Olympics and you know, if I if I won anything, if I won any platinum level or global or world worth marathon major, it's like okay, yeah, that's that's a pretty easy one to say. Um mm-hmm. or you know, set like like a national record for the, for the marathon. Like those are like clear, like that would be awesome. But other than that, even like time goals, it's hard to say. Cause you know, you could get in just like this amazing race where everything goes right. The whole field just runs ridiculously fast. And I run like two Oh six high. It's like, I don't know Would I be sad. Like, I don't know how I'd, I mean, I would be pretty happy to run two Oh six in any circumstances, but, um, you know, but sometimes you're you're more happy with a a two oh eight versus a two oh six high, depending on how the race was. So, um, regardless, I want to place higher and run faster than I currently am. So, the specifics, I don't I don't really know. Just keep pushing and seeing how, like you were saying, how far you can get. Right, like it's it's all within you. That's pretty much. Yeah, it's it's within me, but there's also other people I'm racing that I'm trying to beat. So. I mean, the other people matter too, I guess. <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's my personal goals, but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I never want to like go onto the side. It's like, oh, I'm just racing, you know, the idea of like racing against yourself or the clock or like in your own. It's like, I, I never, I know, I know that's not what you meant, but I just been clarifying. I, mm-hmm. 
I think I always like to keep it of like you're racing other people and like that's why it's fun. Like there are like the personal goals and like PR is great and like you know, even I like to PR like so there is always that aspect like and I'm, I'm not trying to say like you know put people down for doing that but it's like but for me like it's the sport is fun because you're racing other people and so you'd never want to like lose lose sight of that it's like the ultimate goal is to beat as many people as possible or that might not be the ultimate goal but that's like the that's the thing that you're doing you know because mm-hmm. it's a sport it's a competition and like i love competing yeah that's great and what would you say like is your greatest accomplishment so far hmm um it's it's probably still seventh at the olympic trials I think in 2020, I mean, that was definitely the, the biggest, like the biggest jump. Um, because I, I went from like, I was good. People kind of starting to like know who I was. And I'd had some like somewhat valid times that were like, Oh, he's, you know, he's a legit runner, but nothing that was like, Oh, he's like, he should be a professional runner. Um, but yeah, so being seventh of the trials was just like a huge jump. And I was like, okay, I'm actually one of the best in the country and like can actually it's not just like in theory anymore it's like i can i I, i'm there like i did it i was top seven in the country um and yeah i don't know if any of my other performances have i i don't it's hard to judge like whether that you know is 10th at boston equal to that i don't i don't know um but yeah and what lessons from that trial are you bringing to this one are there some things that you that stick out to you that that you want to better on this time around? Um, not not particularly. I mean, I think that was like my one of my first like just really big races, um, where there's lots of people. And since then, I've run a lot of like major marathons now, so I'm I'm just more familiar with racing and more familiar with bigger groups like that and. Uh, figuring everything out so i don't think necessarily specifically from the trials there's like any huge lessons it's just kind of like okay like i know i can run you know with the best people in the country that's where i should be i kind of know how races work i know how all the fluid stations work all that stuff um just as a result of of all the marathons i don't think there's anything um super different about the trials and and most of all the races i've raced have been non-paced races um valencia was I think Valencia was the only, well, we've, yeah, I mean, I didn't finish Valencia, so I don't think I've actually ran a full marathon that was paced. CIM one year, we had a pacer, but I wasn't in shape for that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's, the trials will be very, I think, somewhat similar to what I've raced before. It's just unpaced races. You go, bunch of good people, figure out how to be top three. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, that might set up perfect for you because you're racing, you're racing the field, you're racing others. You're just trying to, trying to place as good as you can and, and get that, that spot on the team. The, the marathon project, that one was paced. Right. Yeah. That was cool too. That was, you, you had a good, a good result there as well. Yeah. So it's amazing. And <clears throat> so what's, when are you starting your build up? Like how much recovery time are you going to take between this past race and starting to build up for for trials because uh we got two months now yeah i mean pretty much now i mean whenever like I, i'm a little sore so like i'm not like doing a workout today or something you know i'm running just like running kind of mileage i did like a real short easy run before this and i'll double later um 
but yeah, just kind of when my legs feel good enough, I'll start to hit some harder stuff and get some longer normal runs. And probably like by the end of the week, my legs will start to feel kind of like normal again. Um, so I don't know if I'll do like, I probably won't do a speed, speed workout this week. Um, probably just get, get back to normal miles by the end of the week, maybe do a longer run with some faster stuff uh, over the weekend. And then, you know, by next week, hopefully getting back into the over hundreds, like close to 110 or so miles and, and getting, getting the speed workouts back in. And still doing the treadmill runs too. And like, I know you, you angle I, that thing depending yeah, on. Yeah. I haven't done a, a, a lot. Um, hardly for, I mean, all summer and fall, almost hardly any, um, except for when I had kind of like tweaked my hamstring and I was doing some inc inclines to, cause it, it felt better on that, but really haven't done much of any treadmill running, but now I'll be doing kind of a lot. I'll bring back, I'll bring out all the heat lamps and, uh, start, start heat training for, the, for, the infrared. Uh, for Florida. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I was just telling my wife, I'm like, I gotta go get the, get everything out and reset up the room. <laughs> or garbage bags and stuff i don't know what what it looks like but yeah well yeah i just i have like i can put like 10 like heat lamps on um and then when you keep all the door closed i mean it'll get pretty hot and humid pretty quick so mm -hmm. what's the uh, best advice you can give somebody looking to go to the next distance or or get into running at all maybe couch to to run like how do you make it relatable to just anybody um, I mean, I would, for the most part, just say just, just to do it. Like there's going to just, just like commit to doing it and then do it, but also know that you're not going to be like perfect. Like you're going to, you're probably going to miss a day or two. Um, you're, you're going to not be able to complete a workout or not want to, or maybe you shouldn't complete a workout at a, at a certain time, but like that doesn't, that's, that's fine. And you're going to have undulating um motivation levels so you know like if you commit to like oh i want to run a, a half marathon or i want to run a marathon or a 50k or whatever like you may make that decision and two weeks into it you're like i don't really want to do that anymore just you do probably still want to do it like you at a certain point took time to think about it decided you did want to do it um so unless there's like huge life events that happen that are now preventing you from doing it, just stick to the decision that you wanted to do it. Cause you probably do actually want to do it. It's just when you get tired, when you get busy, whatever, all these things, like your brain is going to like try to get you to get out of it. Um, and so, and so, and you don't have to feel motivated. You don't even have to like it. Um, like there's so many times I'm running where like, I don't feel like I like running. I don't want to do it. I'm not, I don't feel motivated. Um, but you just kind of do it and, and then you'll get through that moment. And a week later, you'll be like excited again. <laughs> and you're like, Oh man, I'm glad it ain't quit. Cause now I feel better. You know, physically, I feel better mentally. I feel better emotionally. Um, so just expect those ups and downs. Um, and, and just know that, know that it's going to be like that. Um, and just do it anyways. And again, not necessarily pushing through all the times where you feel tired, but sticking to, doing the plan and doing something. So like maybe you had a hard workout scheduled and you're just really down and you're not motivated. And it's like, okay, maybe your body is a little bit tired and that's why it's telling you that, but don't just give up and like, I'm not going to run at all. Just go out for an easy run or go, 
man, if everything's hurting, go on a bike and then get in the sauna. So you're getting great aerobic work in and because maybe your, your, your joints and everything just can't handle it, but just do something. Um, and even if you do just give up, you had a terrible day and you just miss a day or miss two days of running, like it's fine. It doesn't like, don't make a habit out of that, but whatever that's going to happen. It's really not that big of a deal. Just get back to running the next day. Um, Cause it's usually the problem is that, that guilt or whatever it is from missing the one or two days and then feeling like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to get through it anyways. Then you, then that one or two days turns into a week and then it turns into like, oh, I'm just not going to do it anymore. So, um, yeah, just basically just consistency. Just tried to put it into different words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. You know, it's helpful for anybody, you know, listening and yeah. Is there any advice that you've gotten throughout your career, throughout your life that, that still rings with you today? Um, I'm sure there's like lots of things that like internally I've kind of had because I've, I've had lots of great coaches throughout just all growing up. Um, one, the only one that I can like specifically remember is one time in high school, my high school coach, uh, he was just, he was just like during a workout and I don't know, I was complaining about it, that it was too fast or something. Um. And he just looked at me and he's just like, did you forget who you are? And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, but basically he was just like, <laughs> just telling me just like to remember like who I am and like, kind of like, I'm, you know, I can basically, I'm just like one of those guys that like can do anything. And like, I'm like, like, I don't need to like overthink this workout. Or like overthink it's just like, just, just like do it. And um, like be confident in yourself and like knowing what you can do. Um, cause it's like, you know, maybe cause that was, I think that was in like my senior year and I kind of dove into like the training aspect of running a little bit more. But like when I was like a freshman and sophomore, like I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just ran as hard as I could. Like, and like, I mean, obviously you can't always do that, but that's part of why I was good. Like I just, I just hammered like everything and, um, never, I just didn't like me getting tired. Like wasn't, I didn't, think that i never thought about that i just i just ran as hard as i could um and so it's kind of like that um and so i think everyone has like their own own strengths um everyone has like things about them that are like somewhat unique to them that that make them great and like those are gonna be different for everybody but it's like you do have to remember like yourself and um just like rem like know the parts about you that like make you great and then like remember that and so um what I use to get me through workouts or like my personality traits might be totally different than yours, but just, just know who you are. So. Great. That's awesome. CJ, thanks so much for sharing. And I think we'll end there. I think your, your kids are looking for you now. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to come bang, bang through the door there in a, in a few minutes, but I really appreciate you taking the time today, CJ, super proud of you and the result that you had this past week in at CIM and really looking forward to seeing how you, how you, uh, build up towards uh, the Olympic trials and, and wish you all the best there. Oh yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much, CJ. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just In Stride podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. With your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better and it'll help us reach new listeners too. You can also find us on Instagram at Justin Stride Pod for all the latest episodes and updates. 
Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me, with logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, as well as audio, music, and editing by Forrest McKay. A huge thank you goes out to both of them. Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride. <laughs>